Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Buckle up, because it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a wild ride. Nobody cares, but we're going to tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chats. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Chats. I'm McKay. And I'm Katie. And we are back in our Game of Thrones rewatch series that we are doing every other week. We will be covering each season one by one, leading up to the new show, The House of the Dragon on HBO, which is like a Game of Thrones prequel kind of deal. We're very excited. Katie and I have already watched Game of Thrones in its entirety. There will be spoilers in here, spoilers for this season and for the rest of the series, because obviously we need to discuss just the series as a whole as we go, but also highlighting each individual season. Yes, and it's crazy how much I, like, actually forgot <laughs> that happened yeah. with this season, and also I feel like so much happened this season that I thought happens later on. Living for this rewatch, I'm having mm-hmm. such a fun time. Shit's really Me picking too. up this season. I just had a ball watching season two, and I'm really excited yeah. to talk about it. Me too. But first, we must check in. How are you, Shade? I'm doing pretty good. Kind of same old, same fucking old, except I do have something, an exciting purchase that I made recently. Mm. So um, I've talked about it before on the pod here, and I've tried to get Katie to read it, how <laughs> good there is this one Draco and Hermione fan fiction is, where it's Harry Potter meets Handmaid's Tale. It's so fucking good. Literally one of the best things I've ever read in my entire life. But the thing about fan fiction is that they can't like sell it you know you can't like pack it like print it yourself and sell it because it's like someone else's property like with characters and stuff but what you can do is people can like bind them themselves and then you pay someone for their materials to bind it so I did have um, a binder open up like some spots and I was able to get a spot on one of their commissions so um, I am getting manacled in a bound copy and I'm so fucking excited for it I just got my invoice and I'm like, give it to me now. That's exciting. Congrats. I know you've been wanting to do that for a while. And I was like, am I really about to drop $100 on a single book? And then I'm like, I have money from YouTube that I've just been like putting aside. And I feel like that's like an expense to use it for. Because it's like for, I feel like it's going back into my business. (laughs) Even though it's like not. But kind of it is. So I feel like that was like a business expense. And I used my money that I made from YouTube for it. So it didn't feel as like frivolous I guess when I like framed it that way my check-in I'm good I started boxing twice a week so that's been cool I don't know last night was the like lunar eclipse the moon was like blood red super dope I went outside I stood in the grass I manifested I journaled I had a candle I was playing Harry Styles Canyon Moon and I'm just feeling really good about the future and I'm just trying to like trust the universe because I feel like I I know everything's gonna be okay because everything already is okay. My life is exactly how I want it to look right now. I mean, not exactly, but like everything has turned out okay. Yeah. Even like from my most hopeless like points in life, I just feel like everything works out. And so I trust the universe that everything's going to work out with like the things that aren't necessarily amazing in my life right now, like my job situation, low key starving, like I'm out of food, can't afford any food. Like we're, 
going to my cousin's tomorrow to like eat because I literally have no food and I can't afford to do laundry here at my apartment so I'm going to his house to do laundry and eat dinner part of my manifestation journey last night was manifesting to get like my career where I want it to be I know that I want a work from home job that is salary pay so that's what I'm working towards and I'm not going to settle for anything less than that um, I got a job offer that was kind of just like a lateral movement I wouldn't necessarily say like a movement forward and I turned it down it pays more than the company I currently work for but it didn't feel like a step in the right direction so I I'm content staying where I'm at right now struggling financially a little bit and waiting for what I know is just around the corner yes with that being said please subscribe to popcorn chats plus it's only five dollars a month but baby that goes a long way especially for your girl because it's really fun content we did an episode on long distance relationships for our first one tonight we're gonna be doing we're gonna play that game we're not really strangers and get juicy spill some tea which we always do in those episodes so go check it out five dollars a month basically just a spotify membership the link to that is in the description it's like become an acast plus member it's in the description of this episode so yeah thanks sorry that was a really long check-in that's okay i feel like they always get away from us I'm a chatter. Well, I am too. I just feel like I don't have anything going on in my life that I feel that I like need to share because mm. it's the same old, same fucking old. Oh, 60 second recap of season two. Oh, okay. Hey. You do it. You do it. Do you where want do me to time even, it? Where did, yeah. Where do we even start? Okay, what the wait. fuck was the first episode? Oh my God. So Joffrey is king. Yep. Yep. That's yep. Okay. where okay. everything starts. So okay. one minute on okay. the clock. Ready? Three. Okay. Two, one, go. Okay, so Ned is freshly beheaded, and Joffrey is now king, and he's being a dick to everyone involved. He's really being horrible to Sansa, and Sansa is realizing that he is sketch. Arya is on the run with Gendry, and Gendry is being hunted down, and then Arya ends up running into Tywin Lannister and ends up becoming her his cupboy and gets in a deal with this one killer dude. Danny is out in the desert, and she needs to make a deal to get into this bougie city, and they steal her dress dragons and are sketchy there. Rob Stark meets the love of his life and further becomes problematic down the road with that. Um, the one Stannis dude is birthing demon children with the Red Woman and uh, Marjorie Queen fucking Marjorie is married to the other Baratheon and then he R.I.P.'s and Brienne of Tarth is now taking uh, Jamie Lannister to the, I don't know where she's taking him, but they're on the road together. <laughs> okay, time's up. Oh, shut up. Oh my God, I completely forgot Tyrion, who's my fucking <laughs> Yeah, okay, you, you left him out a little bit, but that's fine. Trash, so sorry, that's okay. Tyrion. Yeah, that was good. That was way better than mine last week. I feel like yours was hard to establish, though, because it was like world building, where we already know who all these people are in this one. I feel like after you just said that recap, the theme of this season is literally trust no one. <laughs> like it everyone is. is so sketchy and yeah. if i were in this world i literally wouldn't know who to trust i want to know how do you think you would fare in this society where like do you think you would be highborn what type of family do you think you'd be born into and then how do you think you'd like go about it surviving as you like you're a woman also i just realized i completely completely forgot about john too sorry to that man who cares um, also <laughs> bran who cares oh my god fucking bran and fucking beyond uh, great beyond. <laughs> Ew. Okay, anyways. You can tell where my priorities lie. I feel like it's just more fun to think about being highborn in this society because, like, what's the fun to be, like, a 
resident of like King's Landing, you know, like that's no fun. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the assumption that I'm highborn, but maybe not too highborn. Maybe I'm more like a, like a Terrell type status family where you're like in the mix, but you're not like automatically in the running for the throne. You know, you more have to like marry into that. I don't know. I feel like I would do what I was told because I have issues with authority. So I would definitely like go where I was needed, but I think I would be more of like a Sansa type journey where I would be like thinking that I'm actually going to marry for love and then realize that he's a piece of garbage and then Mm. have to like navigate my way through that and like learn how to become like really smart with really cool people I feel like all the women in this show reach that realization eventually where it's like oh this is what I have to do to survive and it's completely different than my male counterparts and what they're Mm -hmm. gonna have to do to survive and like even Cersei brings that up at some point she's like when Jamie and I started getting treated differently. I fucking love Cersei in this season. I'm sorry, but I love her in this season. But anyways, that's getting ahead of myself. I feel like, yes, that's very on brand for you. I think I would either be lowborn or I'd start off as highborn, but then I'd do something scandalous to get like shunned by my family or like kicked Mm. out. So then I'd become like a whore or something. Mm. Um, I really identify with the whores in that. (laughs) That sounds really weird to say, but I do. Like, I just think they're all super dope, especially the redhead one. I'm so sorry. I don't know her name, but I don't think we're supposed to. It's like talking with Lord Varys. She's like Littlefinger's number one bitch. Like, mm-hmm. that weird, sketchy ass conversation uh, Peter Baelish had with her about, like, I'm going to kill you if you don't suck this guy's dick. That's not what he said, but it was basically something like that. And then Lord Varys is like talking to her. Basically, I would just like to be a commoner that like uses my assets to like work my way up and I feel like I would like to be like the top whore in King's Landing that everybody wants to fuck and then I know all the secrets because I'm fucking all the big players kind of like how Arya is just in the room where it happens Mm -hmm. and like people don't think anything of it because she's just there but same thing but just like older person learning all these secrets and then I like work my way up that way that's I'd like to see a spinoff a Game of Thrones spinoff based on that character or like that follow I'd like to see that type of character be more of a player yeah and I think like Shay is the closest we get to uh yeah like having a main storyline and I fucking hate how that situation ends I forgot about how her situation ended until I remembered how Tywin dies and then I was like oh shit I forgot completely all about that yeah it sucks because I really like Shay in this season too and I even like Tywin in this season too I mean me that's that's like getting ahead of ourselves but I really liked him in this season me too so I want to get into him more but should we start with our standout star of the entire season so for anyone if this is your first recap listing this is not necessarily Katie and I's favorite character in the whole entire show excuse me, in the whole entire show. This is who really shone very brightly this season alone. We're just looking at season two. We are not looking at past seasons. We are not looking at future seasons. Just season two, them in this season. So Katie, who I think I know who yours was, because I think you alluded to it, but yours is. Gosh, I think Tyrion is my standout of this season. Oh, okay. He's who also you mine. Think mine was going to be? I thought yours was going to be Cersei, because you were saying how much you no. love Cersei this season. No, I really love Cersei this season, and I really love Tywin this season, and maybe we can, like, get into that and kind of discuss those two as a unit later, maybe, mm-hmm. but I think it's hard not to love Tyrion this He's season. He's so good Was he my season. standout first season? 
He was. He's even better in season two and just how he's literally like running the kingdom for Joffrey. It's hard not to love him and then how he like goes into battle and watching him be smart and outsmarting all these people like that thing he did with the three members of the king's council to figure Mm -hmm. out which ones he could trust and which ones he couldn't. Just like all of his tactics and how his conversation with Varys about how like he enjoys the game and stuff. But at the end of the day he's like looking out for the people's best interest like even though he's kind of being conniving and strategic it's all ultimately for the good and like and then just seeing him in love too with Shay is mm-hmm. another like really tender moment and watching him bitch slap Joffrey oh my god was yes so good so so good yeah Tyrion was also mine I think he was incredible this season I think if genuinely I could pick one person to be like king or queen like sit on the iron throne he is genuinely the best choice because he's extremely smart he's caring he has like the balance of doing what needs to be done and thinking like what outcome can I do that will affect poorly the least amount of people you know and yeah exactly I mean that was already my standout scene so I'll just say that here was the one where he was testing all the different people to see who he could trust just because he knows because he knows that not not everyone around him is going to be serving him in his best interest so he needed to weed that out to start with and even still like I don't think that that even like proved trust in Varys or Lord Baelish but it proved distrust in Grand Maester Parcel 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 fuck nasty beard man it showed and then that scene when uh, he finds out about him and goes into his cabin room whatever the fuck where he's sleeping with the one whore and then mm-hmm. he gives her money shows his kindness yes. in that moment shows kindness to someone that cannot give him anything in return like it's just like a completely selfless act right there mm-hmm. and yeah just shows that he has like a genuine heart and his rallying speech at Blackwater too shows yes. that he's like an actual like an actual leader and he's yes. willing to put his life on the line and willing to rally the people of his place that he calls home knowing Mm -hmm. that he might not walk off the battlefield and he's fine with that because he knows that's what needs to be done and he knows how they might be feeling like he's not up in this bullshit about like serve your king do it for your king like he Mm -hmm. when Stannis's people are attacking in one of the last episodes of the season he's like do it for yourself like protect your home this is where Mm -hmm. we all live together the the care that he has for Sansa too when he like marches in and saves her when Joffrey is like beating her and or not him directly but having the one dude like beat her in front of all these people marching in and saving her and then with the riots when he's trying to like get someone to go back out for her and the hound ends up going back out for her and he like Mm -hmm. checks on her safety again Sansa can do really nothing for him whatsoever like she can't help him directly but it's just because he's like she's a child she's an innocent woman stuck here and I know that like Ned Stark was not like this huge betrayer (laughs) that he's being portrayed to be so he's just like genuinely a kind person watching out for her yeah it is cool like Tyrion Tyrion's storyline is so greatly influenced by the Starks just because 
he is suspicious of the deaths of the two, the last two hands that served the king. And he's like, who is the rat (laughs) in this council? I need to snuff them out. So that's really interesting. And then also that was my standout scene of the season was when Tyrion immediately is like, where's Sansa? And there's a lot of like Tyrion Sansa moments within this season that are just so minuscule, but they they mean so much to me because Mm -hmm. it's like two favorite characters. Like at the beginning of the season when he does walk in and save her and is like, what is the meaning of this and all this stuff? Or he's like, tell me like, honestly, do you want to marry him? Do you want to call off this wedding? And she's like, I love Joffrey with all my heart, like all this stuff. And he's like, damn, she's going to outlive us all. Like she's a Uh smart bitch. He respects her. He respects her in that moment. Even though she is technically a child, you Mm -hmm. can see that he's like, I genuinely respect you where I have no respect for my nephew. Yeah, he respects her and and he cares about her, genuinely has empathy for her. And then the moment when he's like, where is Sansa? Someone go find her. And... Joffrey refuses to like have someone go out and find her and then the hound goes and he's like it's okay little bird the hound is another character where it's just like I know I love him and when I think when I think of like some of these characters endings we've talked in the first episode how like certain characters endings kind of overshadow them throughout the series and we're trying to like combat that the hound is one where when I think of his ending I'm like I feel like that's the best ending for his character possible and it only like I think makes it better on the rewatch knowing that he's going to accomplish this goal that he has yeah he has a really great arc throughout Mm -hmm. the whole series whereas some people just have good arcs within their seasons or Mm -hmm. otherwise but yeah I'm really looking forward to him and Arya being on the road I was like looking at I googled I was like when are the Hound and Arya on the road and then I googled and looked ahead and I was like what season do Tyrion and uh, Sansa get married yeah it's some of these pairings are so awesome and I really love when Tyrion and Daenerys get together and I know that's like way later in the season but also another allyship that's like very subtle I feel like a lot of strong bonds are fortified in this second season the one between Varys and Tyrion where Mm -hmm. Varys is literally like the only person being like bro this city would have fallen without you and like people are probably not going to give you credit for it but I do and I see you and you're valid and you're a king and I Mm -hmm. lie last it's in those moments where it's like damn Varys was always a real one yeah he was I love Varys and he's great in this season I don't think we see him maybe like as much like I don't think he really has like as much of a standout is maybe he did in the other I feel like his parts are like a little more like more in service of other characters than in service of himself but you can tell that he respects because in the first season he said I serve the realm and Mm -hmm. Tyrion served the realm he did not serve himself in that episode so that's something that Varys sees and respects yeah and I think Tyrion doesn't even necessarily serve the Lannisters he serves the realm and that's what the two of them have in common and that's what eventually like when they both end up serving Daenerys it's like Mm -hmm. they believe that she's the best for the realm so Mm -hmm. so cool one thing i guess to kind of like kick off some like other stuff in this is that we get i forgot how many fucking icons are introduced in this Mm -hmm. single season so just to name a few are the red woman aka melisandre melisandre we'll talk about her quite a bit i think queen marjorie tyrell love her brienne of motherfucking tarth i love you 
Adrian, Sir Davos, like, mm-hmm. and those are, and like Shay, obviously, and then we get Rob Stark's wife, which I'm completely blanking on her name right now, <laughs> but I mean, she more plays like a very critical role, like next season, and kind of like mm-hmm. the fallout of that, um, but we just get so many great characters introduced in this single season, and mm-hmm. it made me feel like giddy seeing them come back on screen again. That's what makes the rewatch so fun, because you know how these characters turn out and like what's to what's in store for them whereas like the first time I watched it you know I was like indifferent about mm-hmm. the introduction of these characters obviously I thought that like a female knight who's just kicking ass and taking names was super dope but then like same with Marjorie like you don't necessarily know if you can trust her right away mm-hmm. and you don't know if she's looking out for the best interests just because we love Sansa and we want the best for Sansa and she's kind of like making Sansa's situation like better but also not really like it's just a complicated situation but we just gotta fucking wait and her iconic line like i want to be the queen bitch like best line of this whole season and it's like it's so important to know what each of these characters want Mm -hmm. and i was talking to shelby about this last night like this show you could say it's seemingly so plot driven but it is exclusively character driven because i can tell you like from the most minute minuscule character to the like five main ones what they all want a lot of them want the iron to be sitting on the iron throne it's so important to know what each of them want and like all of these characters wants and desires and fears are like so clearly established in such like a seamless way and it's not always like how it was with marjorie where she just flat out said like i want to be the queen mm-hmm. it's normally like more subtly revealed what these people want but it's just like this whole show is just about people's lives and like yeah what they're doing to like try and get what they want anything that hit you different on the second viewing of this season this might be a little repetitive but just a lot of like the characters hit me different like Cersei and Tywin like I really enjoyed watching them excuse me this season because it's like I know what they become and like the horrible things that they do and already have done you know but it's like this season was so humanizing for both of them it also like sheds them in such a positive light like how Tywin is able to recognize how awesome Arya is because we all know how awesome she is just being able to see him like recognize her strengths is cool and I like him for that and Cersei just being like straight up with Sansa in the crypt while they're all like waiting for the war like loved that scene with her yeah again I just think having the full picture of these characters when they're first introduced just makes it hit different when they come on screen Mm -hmm. a thousand percent remember the first time I watched I obviously hated Tywin because I was like Lannister's equal bad and I was not like I didn't have like the full picture of it but he really is almost like a fatherly role to Arya like as twisted as that sounds it kind of is like he watches out for her kind of in this yes. camp even though she's like a slave she has so many father figures she throughout does. this show like I think we might have said this last week but she loses her dad in the first season and then from then on is raised exclusively by men pretty yeah. much yeah, like, she's never really around women ever again <laughs> until she's yeah. like back in Winterfell with Sansa. <laughs> so I love seeing Tywin again. Again, like moments with Cersei that again, like I just, I love seeing and like it becomes a big theme. I feel like later on it already is starting of like Cersei loves her children and like there's nothing that Cersei mm-hmm. loves more than her children. But seeing her in Battle of the Blackwater, like the ninth episode there when she's getting ready to poison her own child because she loves mm-hmm. him that much that she's willing wow. to kill him before troops 
tropes can storm in and steal him, torture him, kill him, whatever they plan on doing. Like, I feel like that, like, yes, that's twisted of being like, you're going to poison your own child. But I feel like that's like the ultimate sacrifice of love is to save him from other pain. Braun was another character that I remember not giving two shits about before. But I love him in this season. I'm loving him on this rewatch in general. Like, I truly, he was someone before rewatching this, I wouldn't have ever remembered really that he like existed. But I'm loving him this time around. He's great. He He is is awesome. I completely forgot to talk about him earlier on but yeah he's awesome I love him so much and how he like refuses to wear the gold cloak again another just like humble character who just like likes what he likes and is who he is and is like just kind of living taking it one day at a time also if I was a worker in a brothel I would be really excited if Ron came in just saying a thousand percent smash and he's like I know oh my god this is the other thing I was talking about this is a little dark and a little twisted but I would love to attend one of these like pre-war parties and just be there when everybody's like we might die tomorrow I just feel like that's gonna be a fucking rager drunk as you've ever been everyone's staying up like no one's going home early everyone's like staying there till the crack of dawn best sex you're ever gonna have probably I wouldn't want to be in the battle but I would definitely want to be getting drunk with Cersei in the little keep downstairs thousand percent and just like hanging out with all the girlies that environment is so high stakes and it just sounds fun to be a part of. When your adrenaline would be going like that much and that like anxiety that I would have because I would not eat anything. I would just exclusively be drinking. So mm-hmm. then I would be even drunker. It would be a fun time. Yes. A fun time. And the other main thing that I noticed on this rewatch, I remember the first time when I watched this and I saw Sir Davos and the Red Woman go into this cave. I was so fucking confused. I was like, when did she get pregnant? I was not thinking like, oh, she's a witch. I was thinking like, she's still a normal lady like why how is she already ha- giving birth she was never even like I'm with child I was so confused and then when the shadow baby came out I was like what the actual fuck is going on here because we had never seen any t- kind of element like that in the show before anything that's really a little more on the paranormal edge versus like fantasies with like dragons and stuff so I remember seeing that the first time and being like just utterly confused mm-hmm. but this time around I like got the full picture and like the whole Lord of Light thing too at the beginning like again that was something that in my brain I was like this is a new character I don't really give a fuck about him I'm not really gonna pay that much attention where now I was like you need to like think a little bit more but I can't for the life of me remember how Stannis dies how the fuck does he die it's trash he just like dies in the woods yeah I want to talk about like my biggest flops but also I that was something that I didn't necessarily recognize the first time watching because Because, like, when the dragons come back, magic starts happening again. So, like, we have that faceless man kind of coming in with Arya's situation. We have that, like, creepy guy in Karth who's, like, more powerful when he's in the presence of the dragon. Like, he's creepy. I don't like him. but He's really creepy. Karth is a flop. Karth is a flop. All around. It is sad. Okay. Oh, I have so many thoughts. This is going to be a long-ass fucking episode. But yeah, I do think it's cool. All the different, like, belief systems. And I kind of feel like the red god that the faceless man is talking about and the lord of light are the same Mm. god, just with different interpretations. Because they're both 
gods that need like a sacrifice so when the faceless man is like you spared three lives the red god wants three lives so just give a name a girl must give a man a name Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i would fucking love not to kill someone but if i just had someone at my beck and call to be like doing things for me like you get three wishes fucking slay like a fairy godmother (laughs) (laughs) yeah i kind of feel like they're the same entity and it's just cool that all these people have like the different belief systems also I feel like I'm more oriented this time around like I know where everything's at yeah whereas like the first time I was struggling with people's names and who's who and who's related to who where everyone is but now I feel very confident in like who's related to who who's connected to who Mm -hmm. and then in turn like that hits a little bit more like the Lord Bolton being like oh my bastard I'll send my bastard before I didn't think anything of that, but now I'm like, motherfucking. Was that Ramsey? Ramsey, yeah. I'm like, he's talking about fucking Ramsey, and oh then I'm like, God. this dude is so fucking sketchy because he's the one that's like the Lannisters send their regards in season three. Wait, that's oh my God! I never put that together. I never put Rob together that that was to... a Bolton, so that yes, is a connection dude. to Ramsey, and I never remembered that in that episode, that in Red Wedding, that he's that dude. Because <gasps> Rob. Rob, oh Rob wants to go back to Winterfell after he yeah. hears about what Theon did. Yeah. And I remember watching this the first time through and being like, no, you've already made it so far. Like, stay there and let this guy's bastard go take care of it, which eventually does happen. And then Theon becomes fucking reek, bitch. Oh, the my God. But then, like, all this other stuff transpires because of that and I'm just like damn I didn't think anything of that obviously the first time around but now like watching it I'm Wild. like Ooh, don't trust like that's Rob's most trusted advisor and like he literally put his trust in the complete wrong person because just in doing that and like agreeing to not go back to Winterfell like ev- everything for Rob gets fucked up eventually I never even thought about that I don't think I would ever really like had that name click because once again there's so many fucking white men running around on this show that it's hard yeah. to like keep them all straight if they're not like a very very key player so like a lot of the advisors and stuff they're kind of like interchangeable to me but I never realized that oh my god Rob that's the thing like the advisors and the people like in the corner like Sir Davos I love Sir Davos Lord Bolton like all varies little finger like they play the biggest role in everything that happens like yeah if you don't have one of them on your side you're fucked shall we start I feel like there are so many storylines to kind of cover and comment on can we start with the Baratheons for a hot sec totally mostly because I don't know about you but I did forgot how quickly Renly comes and goes I totally mm-hmm. remembered the shadow baby killing him and and Brienne like being there and that's how her and Catelyn then end up kind of together and such but mm-hmm. I did not think that he died in this season I thought that he still had longer to go so then when Dude. he was dead so quick I remember being really disappointed by that in the first watch through because I remember like rooting for Renly me too probably just because he plays for my team but I just remember really like rooting for him and then being like are you fucking serious when he died and the fact that like Stannis gets to live oh Stannis is a fucking flop. Stannis is a flop. Yeah. The only part about his storyline that genuinely is interesting is Sir Davos and Melisandre. Everyone else mm-hmm. is boring over in that camp. 
bow, tomato, tomato, throwing tomatoes. Like, you're all boring. I do not fucking care about about his storyline. The worst storylines, I'm just going to list them off if that's okay. Yes. Um, I fucking hate Stannis. I fucking don't give a shit about Bran. And I don't no. give a shit about Jon Snow's bitch ass. Okay, I do like Jon Snow more in this season because I love that we're out beyond the wall. And I love that we're with the wildlings because I love Egret. I really do. And I think I... And I'm like, I need to think to myself. I'm like, do I actually love them on the show? Or do I love that they're a married couple in real, in life, real life? And that makes me want to, like, ship them more on the show. Yeah, that is another thing that hit different. Egret is amazing. And she didn't do it for me the first watch through. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because I really didn't like him. But I, yeah, I can't get past my loathing for Jon Snow. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is. And I'm really trying to work through it. We're both INFJs. So I'm wondering if that's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably a Pisces too. I think I just see myself in him and I don't like him. I love Egret. So I do think that that part is great. I think leading up to that again, and we're with like other men of the, men of the Night's Watch, I don't really care. Um, mm-hmm. But I do love just that scene, scene with Sam at the end where he sees the White Walker on the horse and they mm-hmm. make eye contact. And the, even the White Walker is like, bro, I I can't even kill you because you look so scared. <laughs> That's a him. great moment. That was a it's really so well executed good. moment. Like CGI on fucking point. Mm-hmm. The actor who plays him performance fucking I on point. Him. Like incredible. Yeah, honestly, I really liked the three friends of John. <laughs> like I enjoyed watching them better than fucking John. And when they're like digging the holes and they find the um the dragon glass. Like yeah. that scene was very, way more compelling to me than anything with John and John's stuff only like I only enjoyed watching John when Egret was there. Mm-hmm. And when she was like pressing her butt up against him, I was like, girl, that is such a move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see sexual harassment <laughs> okay maybe yeah maybe he is saying no maybe that's like a double standard but um, I think I just, because uh, she's literally his prisoner so I'm kind of like egret do what you need to do I don't know that's yeah, problematic she's trying, she's trying to get get out of the situation and they talk about it in the show like use your fucking punani yeah to- your advantage because like what else thing, are we supposed to do who says they're like that worm in between your legs does half your thinking and it's like that's so true why the fuck are we letting men run the world when they literally can't think about anything other than sex half the time and also like egret is fair and being like why did you take that out like why yes. can't you lay with a woman <laughs> like, that's the other thing about john's stuff that i like how he's like realizing that the night's watch is so fucking stupid and yeah. how he like watching his he's so bad at hiding his emotions and thoughts and watching his facial expressions being like maybe this was a dumbass decision yeah but i mean like if it's that or staying in winter in uh the north with uh lady catlin like she fucking hated him so like i do get it why john felt like he needed to go out there and like be with his uncle and stuff but also botched (laughs) why did he have to why did he have to do that why couldn't he just like go somewhere else yeah i don't know and then how she's like do you fuck each other then at least and they're and he's like no i'm sure they do and they all like run away and go like fuck the i don't know it's just stupid it sounds like a priesthood situation it does but again it's just like the different belief systems and then watching her like rationally explain that ideology and how quickly she breaks it down and like breaks down everything he like fully believes in it's just like bruh and then they like they literally have sex like so soon i'm excited for that i think she's really hot that actress i'm pretty sure is in a new series 
based on that book, The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, she is. I've seen the poster or I've seen like pictures of it. Yeah, I've been seeing billboards for that like all over. Good for that. Go them. Like I love that they're married in real life. I think that's so cute. It'd be really hard not to like that like sexual tension. They have really good chemistry. They do have really good chemistry. And I think that's why like I find it all the more compelling now is because the two of them are together like that. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. We'll just stray a little bit over to uh, the Greyjoys over in wherever the Iron Islands. Um, Yara and Theon's introduction is the most uncomfortable shit on this show ever. ever. That was such a poor decision and let me tell you why Yara had the potential to be such a bad bitch and such a really likable female character along with all the other women in this show but that like letting your brother finger you on a fucking horse I will never see you the same plus she's the only lesbian in this entire show and that's that's the representation we get you get that fucking botched (laughs) what botched why would you do that why would you do that just to like you did that for what like there was no (laughs) that's so fucked like the joke is not on theon the joke is on her because she's the one who knew it like you can't fault theon for that oh so yucky and the fact that his sister like real theon the actor of theon his sister was going to play that like they wanted her to audition for it but they would have had to do that scene and that's the reason why she never did i'm glad that that didn't happen because yeah, like, that one moment alone, it's so minuscule and small, but that, like, taints her character for me. Because I like her a lot. Like, I, I love how she just roasts his fucking ass, but I can't get past that. Yeah, I think that scene in general is so uncomfy and sticks out to me, but I do think that when I'm watching her in other scenes, like, with the men on the docks and stuff, and she's, like, you can see that they respect her, and, like, as a mm-hmm. woman, that's not easy to gain, so then, like, I even have a higher level of respect for her, knowing, like, what she probably had to face in order to gain this respect from these men but I do say that it does kind of hold a little bit of a cloud over I feel like as we go on like that might fade even more Mm, but yeah I mean there's a lot of incest in this show and it's just kind of like it is what it is but yeah that situation tainted her character for me the first watch through and it's doing it again which sucks because I think she's so cool like I just wish they didn't do that you know like they didn't have to have her like let him finger her I don't know yeah, you could have, like, like, stopped they, it just, like, a hand over the boob and been, like, you don't recognize me, and then, like, cut it off there. Like, he could have still said everything he did, like, maybe you can stay in the castle tonight, if you're lucky, yeah. or something, and um, still have the same effect, and then, like, everything she does after, like, I hate to say that it, like, taints everything she does after, because she does have that really cool arc where she, like, goes and tries and saves Theon from... Ramsey. Yeah, and I think, like, even as we're sitting here, and then I'm starting to think, like, why are we ragging on her, and, like, not, the- like, does it taint Theon's character? And, like, it does, but also I don't think as much, because, once again, he didn't know about it. So, like, he's also, not I doing that Theon. with the knowledge. Like, yeah, we already like fucking I'm hate sitting Theon. sitting here being like, oh, Theon's awesome. No, Theon fucking sucks. Yeah, fucking sucks. That's the other theme. The fir- yeah, that's our other theme for just, just the show in general. Theon fucking sucks. Yeah, um, I have my biggest bitches of the season. Oh, okay, let's jump to that, and then we'll okay. get back into storyline. I only have two actually. Theon. Theon is bitch number one. Like he out he out bitches Joffrey in this season. <laughs> and Joffrey's like a complete fuck. But 
And Joffrey's also like 14. Yeah. So, and Theon's and a grown man. Joffrey is a product of incest, an abusive ass fucking psychopath, like literally a psychopath. His own mom is like, yeah, he's fucked up. <laughs> I know when she, even down in the crypt with Sansa, and Sansa's like, Joffrey is my queen. I love him. And she's like, bitch, you don't want to love him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you'll do your best. I mean, because she even she, knows that he's an absolute terror and he's hard to love. And she's like, yeah, he was even hard to birth. Like raising this man from the jump has been a fucking task. It's so interesting. But yeah, Theon is the biggest bitch of this season for me. Like absolute number one biggest bitch. The thing that sticks out the most to me is when he beheads Roderick <sighs> and how yeah. he can't even do it with like one slice. No. And how he like drags that shit out for him. I do love that choice though, because we saw, we've seen clean beheadings multiple mm-hmm. times in season one so we know that they can d- be done but then when we see theon tasked with it oh little bitch boy did you have any other bitches of the season i kind of think stannis is a bit of a bitch even though like he's not as obvious of being like as whiny and such and he is like a good soldier you know when he's like attacking king's landing he's there he's leading the charge i like it but i do think how easily he is manipulated by the red Mm -hmm. woman just shows like how brainless he actually is and i do think that he's much more like of a brawn type king than a brain type king he, he's just like a little bitch to me but not in not in the same way that joffrey and theon are and like their yeah. immaturity and stuff i just think stannis is a straight up bitch boy i feel like stannis gets to theon and joffrey level when he starts like literally burning people alive but yeah as of right now i think he's just like boring to me yeah he's bland he's like white bread you know, like, he's mm-hmm. just bland. You know yeah. who I really like, kind of, like, going off of um, Theon is the wildling who's, like, helping Bran? <gasps> I love her. I don't What's remember her what her name, name is. <laughs> Again, like, using your punani to, like, get shit done. So iconic. And then even when his men out front are, like, the one that you were fucking last night mm-hmm. is the one who took the two Stark boys. Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, call him out in front of everyone because he fucking sucks. That's the only, like, redeeming quality of brand storyline this season i really like hodor i really love mm. the girl that's helping them the wildling girl i really love maester whatever his name is yeah. the... maester pizel no the guy that's like helping them at winterfell when he's he sends the raven to rob like right at the oh, last second oh, when oh, theon's oh, yeah. people come in yeah r.i.p rest in peace like that goodbye to them and how he's just like it's gonna be okay like the acting in this is really fucking good like even yeah. the little kids like like Rickon and the boy who plays Bran, like they're tuning into that emotion. I think yeah. I liked Bran my first watch through. I think I liked Bran the most in these first couple seasons. It's when he starts to like literally become a personality potato when he becomes the Raven. I don't want to. that. I just I it I don't fuck with that shit. Like no, it's not good. And I don't no. get why he had, like, that had to happen to him. Brand the broken. It's like, Brand the broken. Yes. Also, another thing that just adds to Theon being a little bitch is when he's like, send a raven. And the dudes are like, you killed all the ravens. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah, the show does a really good job of showing, like, this man is not a leader. And he never will be. And, like, then when you see that, and then when we catch up with Rob, and you see him, that even though he as well is stepping into this leadership role that he never has had to have before, but you see how well he takes that on versus how poorly Theon takes it on. And to show that juxtaposition of, like, these two characters who grew up kind of, like, side by side and just seeing how one is excelling and one is I mean excelling is like a that's an exaggeration but you know what I mean when like compared yeah. to Theon I think Theon just needs therapy but obviously there's nothing like that in this time but no. or in this in this world but like he is making decisions based on the fact that he just wants to be like he just wants to belong and feel like people want him but it's like Rob trusted you and mm-hmm. he was your brother yeah. and you where's your loyalty I only really have one note on Rob this season is just that I really like when his his storyline like it's smaller this season but him meeting his wife and this would be my problem if I was living in this day and age though I would see that and I would be like well of course people like it's true love like Mm -hmm. it's of course everyone just has to like be okay with that because they're truly in love and I do love the fact that it's not like this highborn woman that he falls in love with it's this nurse that's like saving his enemies and Mm -hmm. it once again shows that I find Rob a lot more tolerable than Ned Stark I think because Rob Mm -hmm. has has lines that he is willing to cross where I think Ned had like no lines that he was willing to cross really and you see Rob kind of like pushing back on her a little bit and then realizing like you know they are not my enemy like they're my enemies but like these boys didn't do anything directly to me you know I don't know I like his whole storyline I do too and I completely agree with you that Rob is more tolerable than Ned I think Ned's whole like honor and just the fact that like that's what gets him killed I think we're supposed to like fault him for that and even the fact that like he just let his wife think that he fucked another woman like their entire marriage when he easily could have told her like it's my sister's kid why the fuck would you not let her know that like I don't get that it makes no sense because also Catelyn could have kept a secret you know like I don't see that being something that Catelyn's gonna advertise she was so loyal to her husband at the end of the day she is also looking out for the greater good but she is like impartial to her children Mm -hmm. and like wants to best for them but John being a bastard does not like impede on that so if that just has to be like if she has to take that on of like oh yeah my my husband has a bastard like I think that would be something that Catelyn would be willing to like take on to how people see her agreed and she would take it with grace and Agreed. just be like, it is what it fucking is. Like, there are just certain things that I wish that they would have done differently. And that's one of them where, like, she treated John like her own son. Like, that would have been so much better. And then we find out later, oh, she knew that he wasn't. I don't know. That just makes yeah. more sense to me. But it is what it fucking is. Whatever. Anything else on Rob Stark? No, I don't think so. Um, The sex scene, I forgot how hot that was. That his was hot. bride-to-be, or his wife, or whatever, has a body yaddy. I think he is so fucking handsome. I, like, can't get over him when he's on he, screen. He could be the biggest piece of- Well, okay, no, I disagree. Because Ramsey objected- Like, I think as an actor, like, as a human being, I think that man is attractive- but in this, fucking rotted. So I guess yeah. I do have lines. But I just think, like, he could be as annoying as Ned Stark to me. And I'd still find him really hot. because He, he kind of looks like Jack Harlow. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's, like, a little more rugged. I don't know. Anyways, I love Rob Stark. His uh, shoulder vein during the sex scene. Like, his shoulder had so many, like, veins in it. I was like, mm? 
He's so okay. hot. Also, his hands. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> kind of kind of going along with, I guess, the cross between the Baratheons and the Starks storylines that kind of meet in the middle a little bit is, like, Brienne. Because Brienne, mm-hmm. she first starts out with uh, Renly and Marjorie, and then ends up with Catelyn, and then ends up with a Lannister. So she goes, she bops around through a lot of people in this season. Comments, thoughts on, I guess, like, Brienne slash the Tyrells, Br- Stan... Brent, Brentley. Brentley. The Tyrells. Brienne. <laughs> that kind of like grouping there. Yeah, I think Brienne just needs, she just wants somebody to serve. And I think that's so admirable, you know, like she just wants to be a knight. And so the fact that she's like ridiculed for being a woman, but she is like the purest knight and like actually takes the vows that come with knighthood, like probably more seriously than any fucking man. Like she just genuinely wants to be of service to someone and not just anyone, but someone who like deserves it. I think honestly, she makes Renly's character character way more likable. And I think that's why I rooted for him was because of Brienne and she like believed in him mm-hmm. and loved him. We find out later, but like, I think it's really interesting. And the moment when she like pledges allegiance to Catelyn is such a good moment. I feel like Brienne has a lot of moments like that. Mm-hmm. And her character is so well established where it's like when we see her put her trust in someone, mm-hmm. we automatically like fall in love with that character. So I think she, as the series goes on, she has such a big impact on Jamie's character, which we'll get to that like when the show gets there. But she has such a big influence on at least me as an audience member, like my perspective on other characters. She's like the ultimate supporting character. She automatically like enhances any character or honestly like actor that she interacts with. And she doesn't have that many lines. She doesn't have like that many scenes in this season. Like it escalates, but it's really cool. To, to watch. Do you have any thoughts about that? No, I think that's a great point that you brought up of how she makes you like other characters more because you trust in her judgment. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love this journey that she goes on through the season of bopping around and like you said, how she just wants to serve. And I love her and Jamie's time together already. And I think because knowing like where that leads throughout the rest of the season or the rest of the series, but I really loved her and Jamie's time together already. Mm-hmm. Like the small bits that we've even gotten. I think Jamie just being a prisoner in general has been so great to watch because I forgot how witty he is just like his brother and his sister is like more maniacal and like evil witty but him and Tyrion are both like funny witty yeah and just the way he like sense of humor yeah like the way he rips people apart and like he just knows so much tea about everyone and just knows everybody's like pain points pain points that like clearly a woman and like have had it probably rough trying to be a knight and like you should just fight me you know and like trying to get like everything he's doing is he's trying to like free himself or whatever and then how he like goes up against Catelyn is like how's it feel to have your no your husband fucks someone else he just knows everybody's pain points and he's like a little bit more cruel than Tyrion but it's clear that they're related and I just think that's really interesting he's the perfect mix of Cersei and Tyrion yeah like he on the scale of like them on opposite ends he's like smack in the middle and that's so cool because you would think that like maybe Tyrion would be the perfect mix of the two like his two older siblings and twins but like really it is Jaime who is throughout the entire series really being pulled between light and dark Tyrion and Cersei and he is definitely a combination of the two of them Danny out in Karth I have a really broad thing to say okay about Danny 
Yes. And this is really hard for me to admit. Oh, no. Okay. She does talk a lot about, like, burning people. (laughs) I have been on the writer's side since the finale. (laughs) Okay, I'm not. I'm not on the writer's side. I still stand by the fact that the execution was poor. However... I take back what I said that they tried to do this arc in the last two episodes of season eight. I agree that the entire time she has had moments where she is ruthless. One moment I would like to pinpoint in this season is when she condemns the king of Karth, I say in quotes, like the super rich guy. Like that, I guess, is like kind of justified, but the girl that he's with, like her former servant, the fact that Daenerys like so cold-bloodedly condemns her to death and not even just like a quick death, like they're gonna starve in that fucking safe. Yeah. And then she does have a lot of lines where she's like, I will take it. I will take King's Landing with fire and blood you know just there's a lot of red flags and I that I didn't notice obviously the first time because I was too busy rooting for her however I stand by my stance that it didn't have to go the way that it did I think it would have been nice to see her go kind of darker in season eight but eventually come out redemptive and the girl that we always wanted her to be yeah I should clarify I always agreed when people were like where did this come from this came out of nowhere this was a complete 180 for Danny it's not it's fucking not it's like objectively not out of nowhere watch from the beginning like and that's what I've been saying this whole time ever since that finale aired and I've always agreed with that and I've always respected that and and felt like that but I I'm really picking up on it this rewatch yeah and the writers had said like we this has been a thing since the first days of Danny being around and Mm -hmm. a thousand percent I feel like you're if you don't realize that on a rewatch you're actively choosing to turn a blind eye to that I mean it's blatant in the first season it's even more blatant in this one when she says like if you don't let me in I will come back and burn you because you didn't let me in it's like I get it desperate times call for desperate measures but she's not above threatening to burn people and cities Mm -hmm. and it's like the people inside that city didn't do anything to you but you're gonna burn them too and I mean that's what we see Danny ultimately doing in the eighth season is burning people that had nothing to do with her entire journey who had nothing to do with her this whole entire time innocent people so right yeah um, I do love that we see that I actually kind of love the fact that she condemned her like servant but more more so because I'm kind of like that's what you get for betraying her <laughs> like I did think that, that was kind of iconic honestly like you want to be with this man then be with this man like I'm gonna leave and why don't you cure it this is what you wanted but I also agree like she didn't need to necessarily kill her like that's like a little overkill just be like you're gonna stay here in Karth like don't come with me yeah my thing is like as a woman she's literally just doing what she needs to do to survive and mm-hmm. like she made a, a judgment call and she she believed this man who said he's the king of Karth and like mm-hmm. said that he had all this money when he didn't have anything and Daenerys almost fell for the same thing with this dude like Daenerys could have easily made the wrong decision and And put her faith and trust into the king of cards and I think she would have if Ser Jorah was not there I truly think she would have done it so it's like Danny had guidance this one woman did not did not and she's not in a position of power to begin with yes it's all about survival and Danny as a woman should know that and just the fact that she did that was like pretty ruthless in my opinion yeah dude i don't know i think it's cool to see to 
be on this rewatch and seeing those moments where it's like, damn, she does have a little bit of that like ruthlessness, madness within her. But I just think the execution of it at the end is not on point. And I wish that it would have ended differently. And I wish she would have like overcome that. And maybe, you know, if Sir Jorah would have lived at the end of season eight, or like Missandei, I don't know. I think Missandei oh. and Sir Jorah. Like, obviously, we'll get to that when we get to those seasons. But I do think that those deaths played a huge factor. That I don't think it would have made sense. Like, I think it would have been unbelievable for her to go dark and come back that quickly. Her two dragons, too. Like, she she does ultimately lose so she much loses in this. Probably the most out of anyone. But also, the Starks story. lose a lot. The Starks lose a lot. Arya and Sansa lose a ton half their family throughout this entire thing yeah right and And same with john and like she lost one family member who's a piece of shit she has a lot of loss but then again like everyone does in the show even cersei loses like everyone and also right a little cuckoo too but it's like everyone has a ton of loss in the show even Tyrion. yeah everyone goes through a lot of shit and it's just how danny chooses to act after it yeah while while you can make sense of it that also doesn't like justify it either i don't think there's gonna be a single episode of this like season rewatch series that we're doing on the podcast that I don't like bring up Danny's ending just because it is like the most interesting to me and like she's my favorite character in this show like throughout the entire series I'm sure we're gonna talk about it like the entire time but it is cool the new perspective that this rewatch has given me and I mean we have the most to like gain from rewatching in terms of her character where it's like Arya is my favorite character but like Arya doesn't have any like life change like at the end of the series you know it's not wild her ending so it's not as i i don't know i guess i'm not looking for red flags two things with danny and karth um the dragon cries made me feel emotional because those sounded like little little babies and i was just picturing dorian and aria as kittens and like what if they got stolen by someone i would also threaten to burn them and i would also Mm -hmm. lock bitches in a safe and let them starve and die if someone touched Mm -hmm my babies and last thing was in the vision with Khal Drogo which I loved I loved because we don't really get yeah. any sense of closure with Khal Drogo in season one and his death it feels um very sudden for Danny and like that there isn't really any closure so I did like that we get this uh little like vision but is that baby wearing a toupee <laughs> I know. There's, there's the no way that baby had the hair. The hair is a lot. The hair it's is a lot. lot. I went to um I went to a play yesterday. It was like uh there were three siblings in this family that was in the play and the youngest was a boy, but it was being played by a girl, like a little girl actress, and they had the f- most botched fucking wig on her. And I was like, y'all didn't need to do all that. Like, <laughs> why? Or just, like, rewrite it and make it a girl if she wants to, like, wear her long hair. I don't know. But, yeah, I feel like the baby was literally wearing a wig. And I was like, what was were the bad. choices? Choices were made. But I, to- I totally agree with you that we needed that closure. And then it's cool to see her choose her dragons over her, like, human baby <laughs> and husband. Because it's, like, more solidifying that she is the mother of dragons. And, like, these are her children. And it's crazy that people literally watched her, like, burn in a fire to birth these children and they still don't like recognize her as like like they call her the mother of dragons but then when she's like willing to put it all on the line for her dragons they're like not legitimizing that for her Mm -hmm. because it's like yeah she didn't like birth them out of her vajay but she burned in a fire for them (laughs) yeah 
I'd like to see you burn in a fire for him. Arya, real quick, we've already kind of touched on her and Tywin and stuff and like her with the faceless man and everything, but I just wanted to once again say how much I am appreciating Arya and Gendry this second time around because we know how they end up ending at the end of the show and all I keep thinking about is them hooking up the night before the Long Night episode and I just keep thinking like, wow, full circle. Love this for them. Yeah, I really like when they're in the prison and kind of like getting each other through that. Their their friendship, like the three of them because it's also that like chubby kid (laughs) is really fortified in that. Also, I really appreciate, again, just like Arya being raised on the run basically Mm -hmm. and her ideals forming is so fun to watch because she would typically get her ideals from her family but she's forced to get them from people like Tywin and just the way she's like saying the names of people that she wants to kill every night like a prayer almost and how she just gets that from like a random person on the streets she meets this like faceless man and like has respect for him and like worshipping the god of death and like not today she just picks up all these little ideals like that she Mm -hmm. sticks so steadfastly to for the rest of the series it's so cool to watch that again knowing how steadfastly she sticks to these ideals and watching Mm -hmm. those like initial moments where she is introduced to her like set of morals is so cool okay and I think last kind of big storyline we got going on we have so many different places that we're covering in this season but I think last one is like King's Landing Cersei Sansa Tyrion Varys Littlefinger uh, Joffrey we've kind of touched on a little bit my biggest last kind of thing was one again how stupid it is that Cersei like blames Tyrion for their mother's death. You think that he came out of the womb responsible for that? Like yeah she died in childbirth that's a fact but that doesn't mean that like Tyrion actively was birthed and was like I'm gonna fucking kill my mom. You're so dumb for that. You're so dumb for that and you've had children and you said that it was such like a difficult birth with Joffrey like you could have died and would you have thought that he like killed you on purpose? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's, it's really interesting to see Tyrion and Cersei interact and the kind of reveal when Tyrion is like I know that you and Jamie be fucking on the side <laughs> it's just like everybody is so open about this incestuous like really problematic like relationship even Jamie is like I've only been with Cersei and he's like openly talking about that to Catelyn Stark how wild is that when he said that I was like you've never slept with anyone else serious like I would have thought for sure he would have at least fucked some other people but that it is only ever been Cersei and Cersei exclusively wild I don't really understand and I don't pretend to understand but it's crazy and she when Jamie's gone is fucking her cousin like <laughs> Cersei find someone that's not blood related it's not that <laughs> fucking hard what's happening and then she was like that's what Jamie and I tell ourselves is like the Targaryens did the same thing we talked about this in season one like Jamie literally killed the bad king because he's crazy from yeah. incest And she knows that her son is fucking insane and, like, not the best for the realm. But, I don't know. There's a lot going on there. I liked seeing Marcella being shipped away and Cersei's reaction to that. I thought that was really good. Lilas, Marcella, see you later for you to die. One of my favorite quotes, too, and I think, like, another theme of this season that Lord Barry says is, Power resides where men believe it lies. 
Or power resides where men believe it resides. Because this is like the season with like five kings. There's the king beyond the wall. There's the king of the north. There's Stannis. There's Renly. There's Joffrey. There's just all these like hundreds of thousands of people rallying behind different men Mm -hmm. that believe they have like the strongest claim to the throne and then Daenerys too like it's just really interesting how people are like willing to die for someone and like the mental stuff that goes into that and I know we're talking about like King's Landing but I think that like mentality and ideology is really a big part of King's Landing and just the Lannisters in general if you hear the Lannister name if you see the lion emblem if you see Lannister red everyone in Westeros knows what that means another moment that I really liked was when Jamie was saying that one vow cancels cancels out another and how like knighthood is really hard and things are more complicated than it seems and that again I feel like sums up so much he vowed to protect the king but then the king was like corrupt and killing innocent and when you become a knight you vow to like protect the innocent like things canceling each other out and two things can be true at the same time I just I think that is so interesting and so integral to some of these characters who last till the end I feel like every character who doesn't make it to the end of this series it's because they think of things so black and white and the characters who make it to the end recognize that two things can be true at once and things cancel each other out and sometimes the best decision goes against something you initially like vowed to never do. I think that's true for certain characters. I think for others not as much. I think some were like straight up were like smarter but then they didn't get like I think of Marjorie like she just got outsmarted but did she really Mm -hmm. because she realized in that moment she's like we need to all get out of here she was a little bit too late but she's kind of like one of those people who knows that like multiple things can be true at once and like that everyone kind of has their best interests Mm -hmm. but I do think that with certain characters yes that is true. I don't know I just really liked that moment when he He's literally like at the lowest of the low, but still like talking shit. And he does have a point. I killed the Mad King because he was killing innocent people. Mm-hmm. So I vowed to always protect my king, but I also vowed to protect innocent people. And that encompasses like the theme of the show where even though people like Cersei and Tywin are objectively evil, viewers like you and I are like, I like them in this season. <laughs> They're good <laughs> and in they this be, season. And they be in some facts mm-hmm. every once in a while. And they be making decisions that really help char- like other people and other characters mm-hmm. that we really like. So Because if Tywin didn't intervene and go to King's landing and help out Tyrion could be dead it's so hard to view anyone in this show as like completely horrible and completely pure and amazing Mm -hmm. yeah everyone is very morally gray my last uh few little notes here are just on uh the Blackwater episode because that is our first battle episode that we get Mm. in this show and I think it's insane to show how far the show goes in their battles they only get bigger and better and more amazing but Mm -hmm. this is a great starting place because me personally I love fantasy books and one of my favorite parts about fantasy books is the battles and how cool those are when you have all these characters that you absolutely love being sent into battle and like there's just 
just that nerve wracking mm. likeness of it in that moment of like all hope is lost and then we mm. get like a rally you know so many good things but one of my apps this was almost my standout scene was so after um they let the green fi- I forgot what it's called is it hellfire the dragon fire dragon fire dragon fire out on the ships and everything so as everyone is watching it exploding it pans back and seeing the reactions of everyone mm-hmm. watching the fire destroy Stannis's fleet and the screaming of the men because mm-hmm. even sol- like seasoned soldiers like Bronn and the Hound are absolutely horrified by mm-hmm. this and like they look sick by it Tyrion looks sick by it but mm-hmm. Joffrey is fucking smiling and it just shows <laughs> That he is like a next level sadistic because Tyrion sees this. Tyrion, the Hound, Bronn, they see this horrible fire explosion and know this is kind of necessary for us in order to win. Like they're not getting any enjoyment out of it, but they're like, this is what we had to do. There was no way we were going to win without this. We had to do it. Joffrey's looking at it and is finding pure enjoyment out of it. Mm -hmm. Like he's not thinking of it from a strategic mindset with this battle. He's thinking of it just as entertainment. And Mm -hmm. I think that shot is so well done. I'm really glad you brought that up because that hit different too. This this rewatch was like seeing which characters were like reacting empathetically and which ones weren't. Other thing, just I love the sword to sword combat that we get in this because I really love like sword to sword combat and I think that's mm-hmm. it. It's great in this and it only gets better and better. Like Battle of the Bastards, I think is the best hand to hand combat that we get. But do really enjoy that. And then I love that Cersei's like Cersei's court being held at the same time in this battle. <laughs> <laughs> like I just think that's also great like I think that's a great battle episode and definitely set the precedent moving forward for great battles it really is so important for advancing these characters like not only Tyrion I think that episode really did a lot for his character but also like the hound and his fear of fire his limit like his point of being like fuck that shit fuck the king <laughs> like I was like he's really afraid of fire like he's yeah. really afraid of it and he does have his like limit and then same with Joffrey you know like being that little bitch that goes back with his mom I love when his cousin comes running out and like he says like your mom wants you and Joffrey and Tyrion's like you can't leave and Joffrey's like well well, what were my mom's words exactly yeah he's like did she really need me like was it really important right it was important right I gotta go oh my god also, when, it, when he gets hit with cow shit in the earlier episode, <gasps> when the people so are, like, funny. rebelling. So funny. And then I loved hearing in that moment of being like, you can't just kill them because they threw shit at you. Yeah, they're like, that's hungry. Not, it's not an appropriate thing. response. Do I just want to give a shout out to Sam and Gilly, too. Their love story begins in this oh, season. I forgot about Gilly. Caster is on some real fuck shit for what he's doing with his daughters and like again with the sacrificial shit like there's the sun god and then there's like the white walkers and he's giving up like sacrifices to the white walkers with his sons but then he's like yeah that whole situation's fucked up and Sam is so right for like wanting to save Gilly. Question with the white walker sacrifice with the babies so do you think the white (laughs) walkers keep them alive for a while before they kill them or otherwise like what's the point of a white walking baby like they don't grow they don't age once they're white walkers yeah i don't know i don't know what's going or on do with that. They? maybe they, maybe they're just know. eating them i don't know Je- you know how you talk about who we would be i really do think that i would be like sam if i was in this if i was a man in this world all right that is it for this week's episode make sure you subscribe to popcorn chats plus follow us 
give us a like, subscribe to our YouTube, yada yada. Yada yada yada. Fucking Lilas. We love you, Lilas.